bro, I don't like. I ain't gonna lie, bro. It's like back in the day, like I smashed this white chick. Her daddy was like really racist and shit. I, I nutted on the rebel flag. Like, <laughs> on the the rebel flag? No, I grabbed the rebel flag. And you wiped it with it. They oh. cleaned cleaned oh. up. Tardation? Everybody's been talking about it for days and days, but that Cat Williams shit. What the <laughs> fuck was that? <laughs> Did you watch Dude. it? Uh, of course I watched. Yeah. yeah. Like, not the part with him calling other people out, but when he starts talking about, like, comedy and, like, work and, like, mm-hmm. that kind of shit. Like, he even talks about, like, you're, like he, when he talks about gatekeepers, he's like, you say there's no gates, but, like, so-and-so let this person in the gate and so-and-so, like, opened up the gate for this person. And he's like, you can tell he's not talking about, like, from his perspective, he's like, I don't need anybody to open a gate for me because that's, the, like, Cat Williams was that guy. He climbed all the gates. He kicked fences over and shit, and he just did it because he had that level of talent and work ethic. And then some people need gates open for them in order to make it. Man. They you know? need a map or something. They right. can't figure it so out. So that's always my thing. When people that's complain sh- about gatekeepers, it's like, you don't know how to climb a fence? That's 75% of people need gates. Yeah. That's the whole thing. 75% of everybody in entertainment need gates. And because there's only a certain amount of people that know how to go and get it, though. And it's like, they really know how to go and get it. What? I get an idea, though. This one thing that I would say Cat Williams right and wrong about uh, with, like, a particular person. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Like, uh, like Kevin Hart. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Hart is definitely a very successful comic. He, he has, yes, he's done some fucked up movies and fucked up shit, like, like on, like, per career. Like, he ain't got no, no movies like like that compared to what Eddie got or something like that. Right, so, yeah. So, to that level, but this he's why got qu- he's got quantity versus quality. Yes, right? for sure. Yeah. Like he's got he might have like four times as many movies in the catalog, but he don't have a Harlem Nights. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, what I would say about him though is that he was so good at the actual promotion of comedy and promotion of self that these companies knew to go ahead and put money behind him. Mm-hmm. And, that, and so some, sometimes they get put as somebody's being a plant, but sometimes these companies know that, oh, let me buy in low. Before it gets high. Before it yeah. gets high. Mm-hmm. So now I can, could like, we had a relationship built, and so we can always keep that kind of relationship. So there's a lot of companies doing it. Dave Chappelle was in that route. Uh, shit, hell, damn near Burt Kreischer from a, for a, from a thing. Like, they, where they was in the industry for so long, mm-hmm. been on sitcoms, been on this, been on that, wrote for this, did that. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, but but then some people that come in immediately and just know what to do with it. Kevin Hart was one of them people that knew what to do mm-hmm. with it because he was willing to get on social media and promote movies that he was on. He was willing to do these extra things. So it, it some people can be, can be let through the door or the gate but some people know exactly what to do when they get into there. That's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Some people show, some people, it's not like being let in the gate. Some people show up at the gate and they're like, I've got all of my paperwork, all exactly. of my documents, all of <laughs> you. I'm coming in the gate yeah. whether you want me in there or not. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah, you can't. You and can't. That's, 
that's what he was like with Eddie Murphy. Like oh, some yeah. people are like, no, he's coming in the gate, so let's buy in low and just see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. They recognize a grind. Exactly. Especially, and, and that's Kevin why Hart grinds. It, but even with that, yeah. that's why even like, the, like Lauren Michaels, that's why he knows now that even like anybody who come through Saturday Night Live, it's like now I'm going to be managing you and your TV and movie career for the first least five, ten years. Mm-hmm. Of and so it's like he, like I said, getting them at the ground level. Yep. And that's what these companies are doing. And it's like they, they want to get you when you're at the ground level so they know they can pay you the cheaper amount or pay yep. you whatever. And that's basically what SNL is. Like everybody's like, oh, SNL is like this standard for like comedy writing and stuff like that. SNL is a talent farm. SNL is I'm gonna br- I'm gonna bring you here because I ha- I see like talent in you or I see like what you're like future like potentially capable of, but I've got you under contract so like when it gets to the point where I'm like oh this person is about to be a bankable star I'm putting you in your first movie and I'm getting that first big movie check when I can pay you the minimum before the studios start offering you all kinds of crazy money absolutely yeah, yeah. And, and that's what people don't look at it as it's strictly business it's like it's like sports it's like when you draft a quarterback, you want to have a good about three good seasons with him under rookie contract. Mm-hmm. You know well, that. you can afford yeah. to pay the defense, and you can exactly. afford to pay everybody else, and you want to try and get a title in that window before you have to cut that big ass check. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I see, and that's why, and that's where, and that's what people don't understand about me. It's like, there's a lot of comics in Nashville, a lot of famous comics. There's a lot of comics that social media actives, a lot of comics that have been had good business opportunities through being led in the gate, and that's fine, too. I don't care. But when it comes to, like, acumen and when it comes to, like, business moves and, like, actually sitting in meetings and negotiating and, like, talking, ain't ain't nobody fucking with me on that shit because I went five and a half years to a four-year institute studying marketing, being a socialite, stirring up, doing shows that was, like, throwing parties. We were doing all that shit, so it was, like, I've been doing this shit since I was like twenty. Hell, you and figured like, out what you wanted out of college, and yeah. you went and got that shit. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Let's go. It started in music, <laughs> but but music takes a. It's one thing about music it takes a team, into because it's like you you got to depend on studio time, engineers. You got to depend on other musicians, production, all kind of other stuff. Comedy, you just need a goddamn working mic, and yeah. you yeah. go up there and like your work ethic is on you. Yeah. yeah, and also with comedy, like at a certain point you need a team, but that's you can build it as mm-hmm. you go. Yeah, you know, sure. like you that's because if you're working hard enough, people gonna catch wind that that really wants it. It's like okay, I get an idea. I, like I work with a young cat right now, man, young young dude, man, just turned twenty twenty one, like last week or some shit. Like wow, just like fresh twenty. <laughs> uh, but his name's Tajay, and uh, he came to me. He came to me. He was like, hey. I'm interested and want to do more comedy. I want to get involved. What can I do? He came like, can I come and sit down and talk? Was yeah, come sit down and talk. We smoke one and talk about it. And came and talked about it. He was like, yeah, man, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do, I'm trying to get on shows. I'm trying to, I'm trying to work. I'm trying to do whatever I'm trying to do to figure out how to get to this next step. I'm like, well, look, bro, I got a lot of game. I got, I got all the game on that shit. But it was like, I need people that's gonna be willing to work. I'm like, I do, I do shows, but we have to set up chairs. We have to set up all kinds. Like, I, I want to help out. I'm like, well, shit. If you want to do that, come on, come help out. We can come find some time for you. And then he started out doing that, come helping out with chairs, helping out doing this other stuff. But now he's to the point where now he's gonna be kind of one of my the people that I work with directly on this stuff. That he gonna be able to run the shows when I'm gone out of town and do stuff like that because he was he came and wanted 
to learn how to do the thing, and he's getting stage time. We just like when we went to Colorado, he went to Colorado with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he so he got some money for it and everything else. But that's what it's about. It's about putting in that work ethic. And you know what I'm saying? I got people that are my good friends that don't work or open-minded like that to do some of those things. Right. They're yeah. different ages. They might be a little older where they feel like, damn, I don't want to do that shit. I got to be a lackey. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, I started my first like real like opportunity. I won a co- like a contest, like an open mic contest at a club to open for Jason Muse from Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, he started bringing me on the road with him. And when I first started on the road with him, I was basically a glorified assistant. Like I was doing yeah. my spot at the club, but I was running to get him food, running to get him coffee, setting up and selling his merch and stuff like that. Like trying to sell his merch and my merch at the merch table, like bouncing yeah. back and forth. Like I was a gopher, you yeah. know? And I did that. You were for a grunt. Yeah, I was a grunt. And I did that for years on top of filming my sets, his sets. Then they hired me to do his social media for a little while. So I was doing that on top of everything else. Like, you have to figure out, like, you have to find those things, like, in comedy that are, co- like, related to comedy. Like, th- like that's They're my advice for young comics that are like, oh, I'm working, like, a job doing this or I'm doing that. I was like, bro, find a skill related to comedy that you can make your excess money from. Yeah. yeah. That way you're, even when so. you're not doing comedy, you're near comedy. Yeah. That's why, uh, yeah. when, when I uh, got to uh, do a show with Tony Hinchcliffe, uh, that was one of the pieces of advice that he gave me. He's like, find the stuff that is tedious that bigger comics are not going to want to do and get good at it. Hmm. Bro, that's... They'll say nigga, and that's what... <laughs> 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 she said Tony Hinchcliffe, not Kid Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Hinchcliffe, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Stand on that. Yeah. Oh, oh, shit. I probably, probably would have guessed that, but hearing look it, him. you know what I mean? Look at yeah, him. Yeah. He's a, a white man acting like a black woman. You know what I'm saying? Medea goes to Austin. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's like, it's like, I'm just saying, like, that's what it is, though. But like I said, dude got power. I, I understand that. And like a lot of comics want to do a show. Yeah. They want to do it's like he might tell you how to get some money. You can't tell I'd be no comic, though. You know uh, what I'm saying? That right. was a good piece of advice. I, I, I'm saying I can tell you, he can tell you how to get some money. Yeah. Tell, but, he, <laughs> but it's but, also like you, you, the stage time is the thing. Like you can grind in mics to nobody for years or you can find a way out. And like uh, what you're saying right. is find the way out either by attaching to a big guy and serving like whatever needs there are. I do the camera stuff, and that's opened so many doors for me. I like bet. It, well, that it's the main reason why I've gotten so many opportunities. Yeah. Well, that's what I was gonna brag on YouTube for a little bit, cause that's what like you were talking about, Tajay, bro. These guys right here, like when we started this podcast, like I started this like solo doing like one-on-one interviews, mm-hmm. and I just didn't like the format. Like I prefer like a roundtable, like a r- like a conversation, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so we started talking and stuff like we met in St. Paul. I did Comedy Corner Underground and then a veteran show in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. And she opened for me there and we clicked right off the bat. And then she was had her camera there and running. I was like, yeah, I just like got this new nice camera and I'm like learning and like focusing more on video editing and stuff. Yeah, and I was sure. like, bro, let's talk. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then thing. I moved. And then she yeah, moved dude, here. came here. Literally came to visit. We did like 10 days, 12 days, like incubating the podcast yeah. and recorded like six episodes. Put it and all together. We like, this is, the, this is what we're doing. So she just fucking packed and moved here. Yeah, yeah man. That's cool. what I like. Literally, she's li- like just moved into my sunroom <laughs> downstairs. <laughs> yeah. So we're roommates yeah, now. Because she's like, cat. I want like 
literally had the work ethic and the drive to be like, no, I want to make this work because I want like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and not everybody that, has that. That's the one, but people ain't got to find it. Yeah, Thank people you. ain't willing to do that shit though. People ain't willing to do a lot of stuff. Yeah, dude, Thomas, like, after we recorded the pilot, tore down his home studio and came like brought his stuff over here so we could set this studio up because he's like, no, this is like a more professional like version. And this let's is put, it. Let's put I'm some time. I want to contribute whatever I can contribute to making the scene good, and to making cool projects. Like, I'm down to do the work for that. And you're doing you, it. Yeah, but yeah. you just need, I, what I was saying though, is like you need those opportunities. It's like everyone probably has a story where all of a sudden they were on a lot of shows mm -hmm. and then they got a much, much, much better. And you can kind of get stuck somewhere and you either have, you have to find your way through however it is. That's like when the. Oh, no, no. I'm just going to say it real quick. Like people, that's, that's what people drop the ball at. Mm-hmm. But not there to catch it. Like, like, cause when I started, when I started, it was it was a particular group of guys. They ran all most of the shows here, and they was they they ran the better shows here as well. And it's like, I started I started getting booked after I think it was four months in. I started getting like booked, and I start kind of really start taking it serious. The, the the second two months, I really started locking in. Um, but. I realized that one of those guys was very temper, like had a very crazy temperament. <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm like, he's booking me now, but what if? But what if he don't want to fuck with me? It's like, yeah. what I'm going to do? Not when do shows. you say the one thing that upsets him, yeah. and he's like, yes. oh, no that's more Brad Sativa. Yeah. I put this head. <laughs> that's a very fascinating thing. And so. How'd you navigate that? I, I, through my own show. And <laughs> I, I like. And I did it on the and I and I proved a point though. I did it Sunday, nine o'clock at night, and I did that cabana, and we were bringing over a hundred people. Oh yeah, let's go. First show, everybody like who? All right, who the fuck is this uh -huh. dude? Just pick that like, difficult yeah. time slot because yeah. a Sunday nine o'clock when that's most hard. people are like, oh, we got to work in the morning stuff. Exactly, that's a well, hard. It's also time industry slot. night though. That's industry Friday. Man, so I, but I was already, especially football season too. I was in the industry, yeah. though, that and I was in the industry. So you would be after work on Sunday, yeah. like not even like, like I wasn't even working on it anymore. But I was just, I left and went to another restaurant. But the owner, me and him, was really cool and really got to, got along well. And so I just hit him up, and he was like, "Yeah." And that's what I'm saying. Even though he fired me, I still hit him up. <laughs> Like, I want to do a show, yeah. show spot. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got fired, but that bridge wasn't burned. Yeah, that <laughs> fire because I'm like I'm a I'm a mean motherfucker. You know, what I'm I always say even before comedy, like I said, the fuck I wanted to, and I got fired. Cause I told a, I told a girl, her and her boyfriend hit a tree at 100 miles per hour, and I wouldn't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? It was like. And they're like, that was the owner of this place. <laughs> That's the thing I love about you, though. Yeah. Like, on stage, off stage, you are a, you are a hundred percent real the whole time. Yeah. You know, like it's the uncut honesty that my autism is like. Mm, yeah, let me get some of that. I yeah. like when I don't have to guess. Exactly. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I said, yeah, yeah that and, nice. that, and that was like, that was, never seen it. You can't say that to them like the girls like that. I'm like, man, look, she was saying some crazy shit. That bitch insulted my intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> That's the weird thing about being that a server. That dead to me already. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a server at a restaurant, and, like, there are some interactions I have where, like, some person will be extremely douchey, and I, like, I'm, like, I can't speak my mind right now. Like, you mm. almost are, like, limited by the job of what you can and can't say. No, that's a lie. That well, I know. I Yeah, that there's some things. If mm. I want to keep my job. Nope, that's a lie. Because at the same time, I'm a dirty comic. I could do clean shows. Yeah. And so that means it's about words, 
It's about it's about vocabulary. vocabulary. It's about delivery. It's about timing, tone. It's about a lot of this shit. So that means you just don't know how to control those things, and that's fine. That's no, I, I have a great time with it. I'm just saying, no, like, you know, you're talking, you, you're not listening. You just said you couldn't do it. I'm just saying, no, you're, 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 you're listening, projecting no, 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 a lot I'm of what projecting. I'm saying. I'm not anyway. projecting. I, I'm, I, you said what you said, and I'm just saying how to beat that. And you're not you're not listening and like listen to the like I'm not making it personal. You're taking it personal. I'm saying that those are things that you can control to get your points across. Passive aggressiveness, body language, those are things that you can you don't have to say anything, but you can still control it. Like nonverbal, you can control nonverbal. And that means something. You control all that tone. Everything means something. Inflection. When I say a word to somebody, they yeah. know what it means compared to when I say it in a different tone. All that's controllable. Like I said, it's like doing yeah. a clean set. I'm just saying I can't ca- call Carol a bitch. <laughs> I, I bet you can. Yeah, but you can't yeah. say bitch, but you can say it some she, other I way. I bet yeah. she can feel that she a bitch. I bet I can make it and say it so nicely. And be like, hey. You a bitch. No, no. But <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, all of y'all have been the best. I ain't gonna lie, Carol, you made it hard for me. Yeah, exactly. like, yeah. like, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, the rest of y'all, it's all kind of ways to fuck yeah. with it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And play with it and make it. Like, I did yeah. it. I like did it. Like, dropping the check. When you drop the check off, be like, I hope you guys have a wonderful evening. Uh, I'm going to slide this to you because I know Carol's going to have a problem with it. Those minor digs. Where I, it's like, Carol can't even dog. complain about what I just said. Yeah. Or you don't, even if she tries to be like, well, I just I slid the check. I made a nice comment about yeah. the table. Like, what's she upset I did about? Yeah, you got the room on your side. Exactly. I, did, I did a call back because it was already busting Carol balls already. And so, and, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, bro, what I'm saying is the only reason I'm in a comedy is because I was serving tables. So that's what I'm saying. So what you said, it, it can't mean nothing. Like, I ain't saying it in a dick way. I'm I'm different than you. I've been charismatic since I've been a kid. I've yeah, been me too. Full of, like, so so I, I've, been, I've been on my shit. But what I'm saying is, like, when I got into comedy, it's because of this. Man, when I first started serving tables, the manager pulled me in the office and and I wish I didn't know nothing about serving tables because I was selling weed before that. And so I just wanted to get something I can get cash. And my friend like, you should serve tables or bartend. And so they put me in the office. They was like, hey, what the fuck you saying to these tables? I don't know what you mean. He was like, these motherfuckers are giving you 30 40% on a regular. What the fuck are you saying to them? They was like, that's actually, that's like almost double. I'm like, what do you mean? He was like, I was like, damn, I didn't know that. I just like, I'm just taking home money. You know what I'm saying? I'm just selling weed. This little money to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> this is my this side cash. Yeah, yeah. This $150 ain't mm-hmm. shit. You know what I'm saying? For, for the butt. But it's like, uh, but shit, for them, like, oh, bro, that's on a Monday at, at, on a day shift. It's like, that's a good shit. I'm like, I like shit I didn't have no idea though. Mm-hmm. And, but then my, that went from that to my coworkers being like, hey, you funny as hell. Like, like how you making the company's cracking jokes? I'm fucking with people. Yeah. Like we ragging on somebody, I'm gonna see whoever the, the, the who got who are paying for it. I'm gonna get on that motherfucker side. We are gonna bust whoever's balls, and like right, we're gonna do all right. that shit. Yeah. And then after that, I worked in a bachelorette. Like when when I was at Cabana, it was a bachelorette bar. It was fucking fifty women a night that I had to fucking just talk to and get them on. But like I said, I've been talking about my whole life. Get them women on my side. They all tipping the extra. They like it's, it's all kind of shit. And it's like the whole thing. Again, I idea. It's like. For even coaches, it's like whole is an unwritten rule in the SEC, but it's pretty much all coaching that coaches don't hire other coaches that they don't deem 
that are good with, that if they're not good with women and if their wife is not attractive. Right, right, right. So it's like, no, if your wife's not attractive, I'm not gonna I'm not going to actually pick you. Yeah, because it's like a recruiting and leadership mindset thing. It's, it's like, mindset. oh, you couldn't get an attractive woman to like tie herself mm. to you. So, so how you, you must get not a, be that charismatic? How you gonna get a defensive tackle that I need from Florida to come my way up to Michigan? Mm. Or come my yeah. way to Arkansas? You can't seduce it's a, a good hot analogy. girl. How are you gonna seduce yeah. a young yeah. boy? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so that's what I'm saying. It's like is that kind of you gotta have that kind of mentality whatever it is you got to be able to figure it out yeah. i yeah. never served tables but uh in the army like it's hard to insult someone of higher rank than you with your words but there are ways to do it like if to a sergeant around it if yep. sergeant tells you to do something that you find to be stupid or he insults you that hua that's an army phrase. They hate that. But if you go, yeah, Roger, Sergeant, that you just insulted uh, the yeah. hell out of them. It's they mocking are, it. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's yeah. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, it got it's you. It's mocking, Ooh. but it's also Ooh. an official military slogan, so they, like, <laughs> they can't have get to. for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm following yeah. the rules. They can't get, they can't do That's it. They hilarious. can't write you yeah. up for saying hua. Hua. But I'm going to start saying that. that. I'm going to start saying hua. I feel like the Navy has a similar, like, with I.I., yeah. Aye, like aye. It, yeah. Like, yeah, you got Hoorah it, boss. Hurrah for Marines, yeah. hua for Army. It's your world. Aye, aye. Yeah. I don't know what the Air Force I is. <laughs> I like serving, though, because it's like you, you're, it kind of feels like stand-up a little bit because you're facilitating an experience and you're playing with the tensions of the table. Like, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. You're really good at it. I, I actually, I went. Yeah, and you came in. Yeah, me and my buddy from Minneapolis went, and you had that one table in the back corner in the palm of your hand. Dude, I they, they paid me you. so well too. I made seventy five dollars on like one fifty or something like that. Nice. Yeah, yeah it felt nice. But yeah, serving tables. But there is always that line. I feel where like the situation's not doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't feel good to me, and I have to like bite my tongue i have to ignore the bad feeling that i have like got to figure out how to, to yeah it's like like it. if someone's like really really drunk and they're like requesting another drink and i'm like ah fuck i don't want to make this bad but they are being a little belligerent or like someone sometimes people get really handsy like they get really handsy with other customers and i have to like watch that and just be like ah how do i i don't know there's a there's a way to tiptoe and i don't know i feel like there's a way to say everything yeah. Right. Yeah, I guess I'm learning that. I, I don't know. Yeah. It yeah. is a way to say everything. There's a way to yeah. say everything without crossing a line. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. true. And I choose violence 50 percent of the time. Like <laughs> violence. <laughs> <laughs> Same, bro. Like yeah. I found, I've got like a, I've found like a peacefulness in myself with like, like therapy and stuff like that. But then some days it's just like, you know what? I got time. I got. I got time. That's that's what I say. It's like. When I was in the business set, like I could, I could figure out how to, like, say, fuck with people and, and use their language. But also, that's a power move. For for I always say, for black people, it's always a power move. And and my whole like my essence of what I want to do, I'm gonna really instill and push uh, mushrooms and passive aggressiveness for black people. Like once we once we like and when they, when people think we're gonna get aggressive and we just start fucking with them mentally. Like that once we get the power to do that with the white people on a regular basis and do it to white people on a regular basis, that's how we win. Like any like we can beat up anybody. Like I ain't saying like I'm just saying like with violence, if they think you're gonna beat them up, they you know what I'm saying that's a that's a type of energy. But if you kill them with words and body language and and not paying motherfuckers attention, that's gonna eat them up more than 
us whooping ass or jumping somebody and what when they think. When you, when you beat them at it. their own game. Yeah. yeah. You know? When you it's beat like, someone on the intellectual like battlefield, yeah. that cuts yeah. deep. Yeah, it was like, and yeah. You beat them in a way that they can't <laughs> use like the stereotypes mm-hmm. against you. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. so many of those old stereotypes, like exactly. it's the reason why like black people, like white people still call like think of black people as like scary, quote unquote, because it's like, oh, they could beat me up. And it's like, okay, I don't have to beat you up. Yeah, I'm a kid. Exactly. To put you exactly. in place. Exactly. And, yeah. that's, and that's what counts. And that's what like and that's what's gonna that's what's gonna win and you know what i'm saying it's like yeah we're like fighting all that shit we gotta beat you up i'm i'm cute with the words like it like the worst the white people say to me to call me a nigga but guess what i'm saying something so disrespectful to him and i'm gonna find something that's gonna make him really want to put hands on me i was like i'm gonna find yeah. out like somebody's grandma you, you call me names but your wife dreams about me yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah like you love your granddaddy like that like he he's burning in hell rotisserie style you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> like i say some fucked up shit like bro i don't like i ain't gonna lie bro it's like back in the day like i smashed this white chick her daddy was like really racing shit i, I nutted on the rebel flag <laughs> on the, the rebel flag no i grabbed the rebel flag you walked it with it. They oh. cleaned, cleaned oh, up. Oh, fuck yes. Cleaned did that up millions not, of my black. the rebel flag. I love Millions of my black babies that was just swimming on their skin. I wonder what they have to do if they find that out. Do they burn it or is that also a crime? probably like, licked it up, man. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> it's life. People do it. Oh, shit. People do do some People fucked do up shit. People do weird shit, dude. Yeah. And, uh, I was going to say earlier with the gatekeeping thing, uh, sometimes people see a gate, and like what I saw in Duluth when I started that room, I, I didn't see a gate. I just was like, oh, I can't go that way. I'm going to go another way. Like, right. you got to. yeah, I don't see like, oh, that, that exit or that entrance is closed to me. I'm going to find another way across this wall. <laughs> yeah, cause what you going to do? You're going to sit home every Friday, every Saturday, just waiting, just waiting no. for somebody, maybe call you. Yeah. Mm-mm. That's on you. It's like, yep. like, yeah. You gonna wait there? Like, you better build a room. You better build. Like, it ain't no bullshit. If I was like, okay, I'm, I'm circling all the way back. If if I was started this shit, that was 23. I would have started having shows at my fucking house with 15, 20 people on the. Fr- if I can't get no time on Friday, Saturday, I'm gonna create some time on a Friday and motherfucking Saturday. And bro, we used to do that. Like, say, when I was in college, we used to do shit like that, bro. I mean, it was parties going on. Man, me and my frat brothers, which uh, I'm five back to Sigma, historically black fraternity. I like to throw that out there, but uh, <laughs> but we used to, uh, <laughs> but we uh, no, don't. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but first thing we do, like, well, I mean, one day it was like parties going on, and me and my frat brothers, we we was in a zone where we was we was like we was live on campus, so I was like, oh no, we're gonna do a cookout. We cooking out tonight, and so I'm like, y'all come to my apartment, we gonna cook out. So we started cooking, uh, cooking out by my house. Next thing we know, goddamn it, 150 people show up at the cookout on a fucking random Thursday night. Even the people who had a party that night came to our cookout, and we just was just bullshit. We're like, hey, just send text messages out. Hell yeah, their and parties became the pregame. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, and so and, and so with that, it just made me learn that, like, hey, just get the right people on your side, man. Create the right vibes. Create yeah. the right thing where people feel like they can come and have a good time where people feel like they ain't got to get harassed when people when, like people know that uh, when we come here we know that brad gonna keep it cool but i've been doing that shit since i was 16 17 i used to do pool parties in high school you know what i'm saying we were like we've been lit and this one's like people are outside like man i've been outside 
for goddamn it, 20 some, 26 years, goddamn it, something like that. And so it's like, I've been doing that. So now it's like creating that same vibe with comedy. And it's like, this year for be wild. It's gonna be crazy. We already work on some wild shit. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah, go. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, fuck, it's gonna be wild. I love wearing these flannels. Because of the thing. The flannels, because the flannels have these little fucking shirt pocket, like eyeglass cleaners on the inside. No way. Dude, yeah. Dixons are sick. Dude, like I like this one actually like so they make a bunch of Dixon. And it's just a it's just a guy and his buddy, right? Yeah, Danny Dixon, uh, and then his buddy Chris, like they basically have built this empire, dude, of just wanted like duck some creative dudes that were like, We don't like the shit other people make. We want to make our own shit and like you know, they just wanted more flannels in the world. And they fucking make now they make the best ones. Yeah. The snaps are so strong too. Like I tried one on the other day, and the snaps—they just—they they snap together and they hold, which is so nice. You're just locked into it. Yeah. They do those fancy flannels with the buttons and the snaps. They do these like the short sleeve, like the party shirts that I wear in the summers. I'm fucking short sleeves in the summers, flannels all winter, baby. Do they have a straight jacket version? That I can have. <laughs> <laughs> they, they make they a straight some, jacket they in got medium. Some <laughs> you know, they got some pinstripes. But, dude, their flannels, they have all those. They do these, like, custom collection ones. Like, they do, like, this is fucking the quack, dude. This is a fucking Mighty Ducks themed flannel. Dude, oh, that's, that's sick. Right? That rips. That rips. They do these horror themed ones. Like, this is the Gill Man based on, like, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Like mm. on the inside of the tags and buttons and stuff. Dude, this is the Venkman from Ghostbusters. Dude, look, it's got the oh stay wow. puffed marshmallow man on the inside. I loved dude, it. This one this one is mine. This is my flannel. That this is dude, I got another one from Does it have uh does it have yeah, a cool tag too? My, yeah, dude, this is the Captain Autism flannel they made for no me way. that I oh. shot my specials my first special in. Dude, and when the special comes out, Dixon's releasing the Captain Autism flannel to go with the special so that's dude, dope. they're amazing we go back like two years at this point dude they they sponsored my special they sponsor our podcast dude, i cannot recommend dixon flannel company enough I like that i like that i re- i mean add aside i really liked that uh that uh thing we wore I, you let me wear it last night at zany's the jacket. The jacket yeah. was so fucking comfortable. Dude, there's some fucking beard butter back there. They do beard butter, like men's soaps, like the fancy smelling stuff, mm. like uh, all sorts of stuff, dude. That's awesome. Ba, 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 ba. Get some Dixon on you. <laughs> Get your Dixon. You got yeah, Dixon dude. on you? Grow your Dixon collection. That's how, like, uh, the hard work, that's how I got in with uh, the Don't Tell in Minneapolis. My buddy Casey, uh, he took me out on the yeah, road Casey with him. Casey's good people. I fuck Casey. I, I love Casey, Casey dude. Casey's yeah. good people. He took me out on the road with him, and uh, and then there was, like, uh, they had a Don't Tell show, and Allie was booked, and Casey was booked, and they were like, shit, who's going to host this? And Casey just sent me a text, and he was like, you're going to have to haul, like, 100 chairs. And I was like, I don't care. I'm there. And I just, I went there. I set up the whole entire room with all these pinball machines. I I rigged up this light. I just set it up. I hosted it. I just, and then after that, they started, like, That's what I'm saying, but as a producer, as a producer, you you see somebody do that, you're like, okay, I, I can trust this person. I know, like, when I'm out of town, I'm fucking like again. I did. I was in, I was in fucking Wisconsin last month, and some shit went wrong. That day. Well, out of my, that had nothing to do with anything I've done. 
but it was out of my control. But like I said, had like some of the youngins step up, Tajay, make sure some shit happened. And some of the people even at the venue make sure some shit happened. And so that's like, that's the shit I look at. It's like the work ethic was like, I don't care if you funny or you kind of funny, like we can help with that work ethic. You can't. You got you either yeah. have it or you don't. Yeah, like I comedy. Can teach you I can how to structure shit. I can I can help with like teaching you how to structure like a set. Like if you're trying to like, oh, I've been doing seven minutes, but I don't know how to do a fifteen. I can help with all of that shit, but I can't teach you how to want it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't help you how to see your own vision of what you want. Yeah. I can't help you do all that. And so it's been a lot of fall short of that because they think I'm gonna do everything. You gotta be fucked up. <laughs> 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 I think I think uh, I, that's one of the reasons I I think about it a lot. Where it's like, man, I wish I would have started younger. But it's like I'm glad I went out there and lived life and served. And I just I have such a strong work ethic now. Where it's like, yeah, I started comedy when I was 28. But like, I know how to fall, I know how to grind if I when I need to. I probably be, if I, if I started <laughs> comedy when I was in my 20s, I'd probably be maybe doing my second go round and like it's living in LA doing my second go round and, and like all right, I was finally picking up again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like in my 20s I feel like I would have had a good run. Yeah. I'd had a good run cuz I was like I was that like I was really charismatic and I was a co- like in, in my, I get an idea like in college I was homecoming king. It was like it was that type like I had all the sororities on my side like I like I had like the, the frats, the white Greeks that weren't hating, up, like they like they were cool with me. Like I had like some of my friends even to this day. It's like I fucked with a lot of people, and uh, and, and administrators and all that shit. But because of that, it set me up and let me know that I could do all that kind of shit again. You can make these same kind of connections with all these people again. Like in real life, you can meet the CEO of this company or a marketing manager of this company. And you can create relationships because you know how to create relationships. Yeah, that win friends and influence people. Shit. Yeah. yeah, and it's like it's like yeah, we didn't have only thing we had was Facebook back in the day. We were like when I was in college, like, I'm told you, if we would have Instagram, like if we'd had Instagram like back in the day, I'd have been killing that shit. But it don't matter. I can't get lost up in that. Yeah. But I can get it just get do what I'm doing now and figure out how to do it my way now. I also think like kindness matters a lot too. Like that's the other side of the coin, which no, is fuck kindness. No, I'm serious. <laughs> no, I'm serious about that. Like like some of the most helpful moments of my comedy so far has been people being kind and being supportive. And yeah, I think like people become how they're treated and they become a product of their environment. And there are really good scenes across the country that are really supportive where cool shit starts happening. And I think some of that has to do with people like supporting each other and trying to create a home for people to like develop their comedy style. Uh, yeah, yes. no. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, yes, but it also it cut like those things happen because there's a mutual understanding across the scene. The work is right. spread of, out. And of and what? And we're uh, spread, and the, the work bosses. is spread out, and people are taking it serious. Exactly, yeah. and the bosses are doing it too. And like when I say boss, ain't not you boss, but like people who run the scenes are people the most popular in the scenes. If they're nice people, that's gonna help push energy. Like that's yes, an idea. Yes. Like Aaron Weber. Aaron Weber is a very nice person. Yes. Very nice. Like he like, you know what I'm saying? He won't say a bad word to nobody except to like me or something like that. <laughs> or something <laughs> the close friend. But I'm just saying, but he's he's gonna be not, at the end of the day though, for real though. He's an actually really genuine, yeah. nice person. Yeah, like he'll bust balls and stuff with everybody, but yeah. he will give you really good advice and feedback. Which is great. And yeah. yeah. Help out, whatever. <clears throat> and me is like 
I'm the opposite of that. It's like I help you out, but also I I can tell you get fucked too, and I can tell you that like I don't care about grievances sometimes. I don't care about a lot of other bullshit because like I said, I started up nine years ago when it wasn't nothing but like white dudes doing shows over here and black people doing shows over here. And when I started shows, like I was like, these are facts. So now I'm on my Cat Williams shit now. <laughs> How many books do you read a year? Man, no. <laughs> no. I don't. No, I read, I read people. I don't read books. You know what I'm saying? So I read, so read 3,000 people a year easy. Like, yeah. uh, but uh, first thing is like, I was one of the first comics that was actually booking black comics, white comics, make sure women was on the shows. I was bringing that formula for real day one. And I was really fucking with trying to get everybody to be very inclusive with people that was going through the grind with me, people who was coming up with me, people I seen busting their ass, but not might might not been getting that much shine. You know what I'm saying? I start off like that. And then, of course, when like you get older and people quit and start back, quit, start back, quit, and you did it the whole time. And so that, that relationship is going to fluctuate. Mm-hmm. But I always try to push people who are working hard and try to get them on stage if they're working hard and really trying to push something. And they ain't got the bullshit. They ain't, got, ain't trying to fuck off everything. I can fuck with people like that. But for me, it's like I don't do deal with the bullshit. I get an idea. One of my best, like one of my best friends, uh, Corey Perry. He's a very funny comic here, but for he been doing comedy at least maybe I think a year or two before me. And so he seen me go up the first time I ever went up. Wow. And so for him, he looking at me, and like even though I, I am older than him, I throw that out there like about three or four years. <laughs> so, but he looking at me like I'm still big brother because he seen me come in from zero. And see me come in from scratch and see what I done in nine years, and so for him, I've been trying to bring him along. But at times, he was at it and out, at it out, at it out, and so that's how the booking and the the comedic relationship went. But for the better part of like the last like four years, he's been really pushing and going at it. So it has really helped our friendship as well because now it's not just friendship. It's like now we're talking shop. Now we doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't like, and that's what people don't understand. Some of my closest friends, I don't baby them. Jay Flake, I grew up with Jay Flake. Me and Jay Flake played flag football together. (laughs) He was in the second grade, I was in the first grade. Wow. Damn. Over 30 years, almost 40 years. uh, Like 35, because we both, like, he's like 41. Oh, well, you're older than him. So, been knowing him that long. And I helped him, like, kind of get into comedy. But it was times that he worked hard at it, and, like, and then he fall out, but he, like also he a, he a dad though, so I can't like, like so I'm not taking out that what people's lives are, but also it's like a quality that you have to offer your audience though, because if it's somebody that's not working, I can't just throw you on stage because people like deserve it who are working, right? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like yeah, you my friend, but if somebody been coming out for six months straight, four times a week, they deserve just five minutes, six minutes, ten minutes spot more than anybody who don't. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? That's not doing that. And so, but like I said, same thing. I told you he busts his ass during the pandemic. 
And since that last four years, he's been consistently busting his ass. So it's not hard for me to do it. And people like so people think I'm just doing like, I'm not breaking dick. It's like, no, if you're my friend, if you ain't out here active, I ain't just going to just keep putting you up, putting you up, putting you up, putting you up. You're going to have to be working. Mm-hmm. you have to do something. So so even if my friends are like, oh, if you ain't going out, you're going to have to be helping move these goddamn chairs. You're going to have to be moving some other stuff because we all going to have to work because I ain't going to be the only one to do it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, like, not if we all going to. I'm just saying, if I'm going to give you a crowd anywhere between 40 and 65 people that's ready to hear comedy on Fridays and Saturdays, Fridays and Saturdays, once again, we bring up them days mm-hmm. where you can be at home yeah. doing nothing. Yep. If you ain't willing to move some chairs for an audience that's ready to hear comedy, I would. Show me where the chairs yeah, are. Yeah, tell me the chairs, <laughs> bruh. <laughs> got tables the too. I'm yeah. there. That's, that's what I'm saying. But like, but everybody looking at me out. like, oh, Brad a dig though. Brad they don't. Brad don't fuck with nobody. Like Brad, they, like no. It's like Brad trying to build something that he wants to go on, and and it's like it has nothing to do with me. It's like if if if, if just say if six months down the line somebody want to be like, hey, Brad, we want to put you on tour. By the way, we want to take care. Like. What I'm gonna do, to, like, I want to hand it to people that I know that know what's going on and who's been working and trying to build that, and not just getting on somebody just like oh, I just been putting them on shows. And it's like that's what the difference is. It's like that's what that's where okay, I get an idea. Uh, the uh, the knitting factory uh, up in New York. Mm-hmm. It started Hannibal Burris. Like I don't know, it might have started before him, but I know that like and when I started comedy, Hannibal Burris was running that room. Then it got to the point where Ham Burrs got big, got big, and then he handed the show off to to uh, to Clark Clark Jones, Kenny DeForest, R.P. to Kenny DeForest, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and Will. I can't remember Will last night. I, I really don't. Know. That's out of both of them. That's the one I know the least is Will. But I know. But he handed it off to them. But it came a point where they start getting on the road a lot more, mm-hmm. and then they handed the show off. To, to the next generation and because they was busy and then the pandemic happened and then and I don't know what happened after that but you seen that people was actually hey look these people are working we're gonna hand this off to people that we trust and can keep this going on mm-hmm. and and that's the and that's the difference it's like nobody willing to put their work to show me that they can actually keep shit going on yeah and it's like I ain't closed minded like it's like I think some of the young people when I say young comedy young is gonna be the ones who do it Oh yeah, well, that's like uh like that same thing. Like for the last two and a half, almost three years, uh, my buddy Jake, we've been ride or die. Like Jake's yeah. married with kids, but when I was like living in the van, we were both grinding. Like we started around the same time, and we started doing like our own like indie shows and stuff together, and then we just started hitting the road together. It's like okay, if I've got a twelve-hour drive coming up, I knew this. I know this dude's down to ride. You know, like, I'm not going to have to listen to some, like, young comic complain the whole time. Like, we're both going to be setting up merch. We're both going to be, wor- like, setting up the cameras. Like, we got each other's backs, and we're both, like, working at this thing. And I know with the two of us together, if I'm headlining the show, my show is going to be good from start to finish. Mm-hmm. People aren't going to be, like, oh, I, blah, 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 I can't believe I paid $20, $25 for that. Like, yeah. I know it's a good show. And so, like, when people would reach out and be like, oh, I see you're coming to this place. Like, let me get 10 minutes. It's like, bro, I don't know you. I don't know, like, what work you're putting in. And you see me posting, like, with my boy that's on the road with me. So now you're, like, trying to get an opportunity by taking somebody else's job. And this person is working their ass off for that job. So, you know? Yeah. People don't (coughs) see that. 
people don't see that. And people don't see that. People don't see that. And, and it makes you come off as like closed off, but it's like I'm not closed off. I just don't see you putting in that, like. And there's other people that'll reach out and be like, "Let me come to a spot," and be like, "Bro, come on, bring yeah. your ass on," you know, <laughs> like come do the show, like come get some time, because I see you working, I see you out there grinding. So like me giving you ten minutes to do your thing with my like in front of my audience, that I have no issues with doing that because I know you're working. I know you're gonna bring like a like a deliverable product. Yeah. That happened to me last time. Like last time I was in Denver, uh, like Jordan Jensen, like she I like Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. So Jordan yeah, that's my that's my truth. Sp- yeah, she that's my sis, man. She, man, Jordan Jensen was here like for the first like year and a half, two years that we started. Like we started all kind of same year. So our our class was Jordan Jensen, me, uh, Aaron Weber, uh, John Hickok. Like that's our class, like Patrick Divine. That's like that's pretty the ones that stuck around and kept it going. But that's like our class, and it's like it's so so. Jordan, I seen she was in Denver. I was like, hey, shit, hey, I see you up there Thursday. I'm busy the rest of the time. But it's like, shit, I want to see you not only, but hey, shit, let me come and do some time. Yeah, come on, Brad. It's because not only like. I've been like when Jordan. I was booking the shit out Jordan. It's like yeah, so, yeah. I get out. <laughs> see, I mean, that's what sucks about Nashville. Like sometimes it's like we always for my first seven years have had a girl comic in the top five, if not top three. Oh yeah. The whole time I've been here. So start off with Jordan. So it was always easy to be like, I know we're going to get a girl because, mm-hmm. we, but not only am I booking a girl, I'm booking one of the best, best comics, comics in, town. Yeah. in town. And so it kills two birds with one stone. So then I can book another lady come and do like, Hey, come in. I know you might not have 10, come and do six. You know what I'm saying? It give mm-hmm. me that power and levity to add to the show. And you know what I'm saying? And uh, so it made it so easy for me. And then after she left, it was, it was like Laura, Ran that for a second, but then mm-hmm. like it did like Lord, and then the Casey came in, so then I had two power too. Oh, like, yeah. like I said, that's like having yep. almost a starting five. I got Lord, <laughs> I got Casey. You know, what I'm saying these two very like you know, and and so it was easy to book for me because I always knew I had somebody strong, and not only just like I said they weren't just because they were women. It was some of the top comics mm-hmm. in Nashville, and so it made it so easy for me, and so I got used to just leaning on that crutch of having them. And then just, I could add other people. And so for now, we finally, like, like the Amber is very funny coming, but Amber, she started in Chicago, and then pretty much after a year here, she started, like, really hitting the road hard. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, so for me, it's like, that's what I wanted to help out. I want to help out to get more strong women comics where it makes it, where it's like with Fiona, mm-hmm. it's very funny. With Fiona, Fiona. If you, like, it's same thing, same thing with Fiona. She's kind of the next generation. So I know, like, for me, if a motherfucker want to make some money, they better just follow what I've been doing. Cause I didn't pick <laughs> four. I didn't pick four women comics that I thought like, hey, these motherfuckers are the funniest motherfuckers, and I've been booking them for nine years. So that's why when it comes to me, like, hey, motherfucker, like, I like, I ain't, I ain't miss yet. The fuck yep. you talking about? Yep. I ain't miss yet. And Fiona tell you that, hey, I'm on her. A lot of people babysit her and put on training wheels, but I'm on her a lot. And but. She couldn't. She didn't realize it until when she went out of town, and everybody commended her for her professionalism. And she said, "Only thing I could think about was you, Brad, because you busted my balls about staying on time, about doing this, doing mm-hmm. that. You stayed on me, and so it's like it's like 
zero misses. If I was a motherfucking like agent management, you better come through Brad's TV because I ain't miss yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bro, bro For real? you're, not, you're not lying. Like I've taken I've taken Fiona with me to Huntsville, uh, L.A. She's done my both of my zany shows that I did here in Nashville. Like Fiona is legit. Like Amber, same thing. Amber is so funny. We did that backyard, that outdoor show, yeah, the yeah. backyard comedy yeah, outdoors. We, yeah, we, yeah, we all did bro, that. I uh, I was in town. Like I went to Zany's to see Amber headline last year. Mm-hmm. Like the month before I headlined. Like it's been nothing but love and support. Cause I'm the same way. Like as l- ever since I I realized like I was in a position to start helping other comics mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's okay. Let me put this person on. Let me get a girl on here. Let me put this person on. Let me put this girl on. Like because it's it's that like I've seen like kind of the same thing like you've been talking about like with like finding a way to win like with those like those certain white people. Yeah, it's the same thing as like I've seen that same struggle with like female comics of like oh you're the funniest person in town but you're not getting booked everywhere in town which is stupid. You know, so like, let me do something to put you on here. Let me yeah. do something to put you on here. Like that's that's <laughs> never gonna be a question with me because I'm gonna make sure that happens. Like, like even like I said, Fiona, first time she ever did Zanies. I want to say Laura, first time she did Zanies was when we did a show together, and um, cause I like yeah, a lot of that like Casey, Casey will tell you when she came here. I'm like, that's my little sis. Everybody Booker. Everybody fucking book. I brought her on the Zane's first time, you know what I'm saying, for brunch of laughs. Like I said, I'm zero missions with the, with the women like that. Mm-hmm. Even Ritu. I mean, I book Ritu. And like, she still, yeah. I booked Ritu for the first time. It was at the, it was at the comedy. It might have been the same year you did it. Like, like you did brunch of laughs at the I fest. I think so. Festival, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was the first time that Ritu ever did Zane's. But everybody, when I booked Ritu, nobody knew that Ritu was busting her ass during a pandemic. Everybody's like, what the fuck is Brad doing? He booking Ritu. I was like, he booking Ritu? for that like, Ritu went up there, did her seven minutes, cooked, bro. Cooked. That, that was a uh, that was that uh, festival brunch of laugh show was killer because it was it was me, you, Ritu, um, is it Janelle? Uh, Janelle Draper? No. Uh, no, no, it wasn't Janelle Draper. I know Janelle. That's my home. Yeah, girl. she my people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was. Uh, I won't say. I can't. I, I ain't gonna lie, bro. I've been doing it for five yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. 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 All of us on that couch in the yeah. green room. Oh yeah, like Lydia a, Popovich. Lydia, Lydia yes. Popovich. Uh, see, that's what I'm saying. You got to shit like that. That's mm-hmm. the type of clues I need. <laughs> and then like, yeah. So Lydia Popovich. It was uh, Bishop was there. Uh, yeah, we yeah we kicked it, and, and that's yeah. what it's about. And like, even speaking of that, though, I got the next one coming up. Uh, we bringing it back, you know what I'm saying? I've been on the road a little bit, but now we bringing it back better than ever. We coming back February 17th. Uh, man, I got three national, uh, I got three national sponsorships. I'm only gonna drop one right now, which the first one uh, is Blue Chew. So Blue Chew, let's go. Oh. Stay yeah, hard. So one of their first, <laughs> one of their first live shows is gonna be Brunch of Labs, Nashville, that they ever done. Uh, so dope. we got that linked up, um, and yeah, we got some. I'm gonna do some. Con- we're gonna do some content with them too, with like like everything. But yeah, Blue Chew, the first sp- official sponsor, a brunch of last coming back February seventeenth, Nashville, Tennessee. Zanies. Let's oh, fucking yeah. go. I'm actually doing. Uh, you Amber asked me uh, about it, booked me for it, but I'm doing the uh, Don't Tell Nashville February second 
at the Palladium. Yeah, what's it called? Uh, at the uh, the Par the Parthenon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing the Don't Tell Nashville February second at the Parthenon. Yeah, that's the Parthenon, dude. That's gonna rip. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. That and that that's our third big one. Cause we did the, we did the planetarium last year. We did uh, Nissan Stadium. Stadium, and then yeah, so Parthenon. Like we yeah, we done, we done booked some of the best venues in Don't Tell history. Like we the first one to like to do the stadium in history of all of that shit. So that's sick. So yeah, so we've been doing a lot of shit. So for us, it's like now it's just really want to make everything better, want to push better, want to like I said have better organization where we got a team that gets it. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking about Don't Tell. It's like, people so stupid. It's like, that's already an infrastructure organization. Mm-hmm. It's like, if y'all want to get, like, it's like, Pumphrey's got to work. But it's like, just come in and get it. Yep, move some chairs. Move some goddamn chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, or be at home and play Xbox <laughs> on Friday. Your right. choice. Bro, when I first started, I started, like, open mics, and then, like, three weeks into open mics, I got invited to, like, this keg of laughs group, which was, like, a comedy workshop mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so every Sunday, it was just all comedians in, like, a side room at, like, the uh, World of Beer where we did our keg of laughs, like, showcase shows. Um, hey, World of Beers be everywhere. World of Beers are everywhere, bro. And most of them all have, like, that little birthday, like, private dining room. Mm-hmm. And we would just, same thing as, like, you were talking about, like, with Sisyphus. Like, we would just pack as many people as we could into that side room and made a little kill box. Nice. Um, but I want to do that so bad. Bro, I that make is. A room. What's stopping I really you? do. Huh? What's stopping you? I'm, I'm looking. I'm trying. Yeah, he I'm started trying. that, uh, what was it? Uh, hot a couple and shows. pancakes. Yeah, then the venue just said they were closing. Um, and then I did a couple shows at the loft, but the loft, the third coast loft is a little tough cause like they don't, they keep the emails. So they don't share the emails with you. And I want to do something where it's like you you're in control. direct contact with everyone. Yeah. So I'm trying, if I do, I'd love to have all of y'all on. That'd be fucking fun. I'd rip it. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to, I want to try to put together like a themed show for 2024 for like zanies. Or I was about to say that, bro. I was about to it literally say that earlier. I'm like, since you live here, you need to create a show. They got a concept, and yep. you need to do it monthly. I was just about to literally so say that. So I've been thinking since the podcast is called What in Tardation yep. and stuff like that, I've been thinking about doing a Tardy Tuesdays at Zany's. What if we did a Tuesday late show and called it Tardy Tuesdays? Yes. I like that. that. Would rip. Fuck yeah. <laughs> tardy Tuesdays. Yeah. I got a whole joke about that, so I understand yeah, that. Exactly. But, but you, like, the joke is kind of like, my mom used to bring me late to class like like when I was like second, third grade. And they used to give me detention. It was like, hey, bro, I'm in the second fucking grade. Like, how can I control my tardiness? <laughs> yeah. And the second fucking, like, like, my mama dropping me off. Give like, my you, mom yeah. detention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, in the front. myself to school. Like, like, how am I responsible? I got to stay out of school for this. Like, uh, but yeah, that's, but, but yeah, for sure, tardiness is, yeah. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I was literally finna say to you earlier. It was like, we was talking about that. It was like, yeah, it's time to do a show. It's like, do a monthly show, something that, like, like I said, that you get to, to play around with uh, with concepts, but also play around with some of the locals to get to know mm-hmm. some of the local mm-hmm. dudes a little better, and where you don't have to go through the mic process, but you can learn them organically through uh, hanging out. Yeah. Also, something I've been thinking like about, I've been talking about for a while. Me and Jake been talking about it because I've done roasts. Like I went and did roast battle at the comedy store. Yeah. Won my roast battle and stuff there. I'm good at writing roast jokes, but I don't like being mean to people like that. Mm. You know, like I can do it, but it like. You, normally you're roasting someone you know who's a good friend and yeah. I don't like going that hard against friends you know what I mean I, I'm gonna tell you like okay I, but like this <laughs> saying man you can do something 
I've been thinking about doing a toast battle. No, no, this is this will cry. No, I got oh, okay. something. Okay. I, it's already it's already a concept book. Okay, I've done a few of them. It's a self-deprecating roast battle. Ooh, I like, I that. like that. So it's like so I've done like maybe four of them, uh, where the comics are roast themselves, and you go up against another comic roasting themselves. And so what I try to do, like what the formula that I was using was like using the, some of the most self-deprecating comics, but then also at least booking one or two super hot people to see what they could come up with. And then, yeah, it was, yeah, it, yeah. it was a I'm good I'm so fun. attractive, I look like I can't read good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell, tell you who won, like, uh, like Sean Parrott won one of them. Hell yeah. Yeah, who's a very, like, self-deprecating comic. He really tapped in. Uh, like, Cordy Warner did very well at that. Um, also, uh, was did well at that. It was uh, what's his name, Corey uh, Knox. Corey Knox, yes. Love Corey Knox, Knox did very well at that. And like I said, you try to book somebody that's textbook attractive because see what they can come up mm-hmm. with. And you know what I'm saying? So and also get people like, oh, okay. And so like, yeah. So it's like, but it's also a concept that ain't nobody done on the on like on the online on TV. And I like I said, I literally created that shit. So that's the same concept behind toast battle is basically you battle somebody, but you insult yourself by complimenting them. Okay, I thought that was my phone. I thought it was me. That was me. So I, I lost the gripping part of my phone. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my, yeah. My, my thing. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. little part that's, that like makes it stick. And so the whole time I was like on the plane or riding the car, it slips off my thigh. Mm. Like, so I'm like, oh, fine. Bro, my that's phone, the though. worst when something yeah. falls on the plane and you can't get to it and then it slides back and forth during landing. Yeah. So, uh, no, but that, so the concept of toast battle was similar. I'd seen, uh, do you ever watch like the King of the Dot, like the rap battles and stuff like that? I've seen some, definitely a lot of rap battles. So, uh, I, there's a Canadian battle rapper named Pat Stay. I know about Pat Stay. Okay, so Pat Stay yeah, back got, in the day, he died, like, he died a like couple years, years ago. ago. Yeah, yeah, stabbing. R.I.P. Pat R. I. P. Stay and Kenny DeForest, bro. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they did him and a dude named Roan did a compliment rap battle where they would compliment each other with raps. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took me and Jake were talking about that same concept and like let's do a toast battle where it's like I compliment you by roasting myself. So mm-hmm. like one of the jokes I had written for Jake was like Jake is such a good father. I kind of want to knock a girl up just because I know he'd raise it. (laughs) Like shit like that, where it's like, okay, I'm complimenting you by like roast, like saying something shitty about me. Um, I like that concept of like self depreciating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Self depreciating because like, it's it's so crazy because like, like I say, you literally like, it's the shit that flows in your mind or it's like, Stuff that you heard over the time, like I know I look like blah 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 blah, like but then yeah, like yeah, it just and it's like because comics, because yeah. uh, like, bro, I'm again, so I insecure. I like my own Instagram posts. Yeah, <laughs> shit like that. yeah, it's so funny. And, then, and I it's ask like, my own questions on that NGL. <laughs> and so, and that's what I'm saying. It's like for the for the audience, they love that shit because it's like, oh, okay, you see. Self comics being yeah. humble, yeah. even yeah, if yeah, like yeah. even if you're attractive, or like. Sure. I even got content where I got like maybe like ten comics sending me self-deprecating jokes because I was gonna do it in like during the pandemic I was like gonna do it in like a, like a pre-recorded Zoom kind yeah. of thing. And yeah, and so I got I got like Catherine Blanford like I got I like I got a lot of people oh, sending me yeah. yeah a lot of like self-deprecating shit and so I still got that shit and it's like go, but man. yeah and so like my goals like I of course I hit them all up be like hey I'm gonna use this videos for the promo but yeah just shit like that though. 
this way it gets like something so different and something that's the next wave because ain't nobody ever did that shit and i did invent that so i like that <laughs> like, <laughs> i like roast go. i mean i'm i do self-deprecate on stage too but i also like really enjoy roasting too it's fun and a lot of comments it can, it can be very fun like i said it's just that like finding that balance that of like how hard do i want to go sometimes it, yeah sometimes like, it's know? like more mean than funny and right. you want yeah. it to be funniest. You want to yeah. be, funniest. and that's the best thing about yourself. So you can f- dictate of mm-hmm. how intense the beat, you want the to mean get. To funny yeah. ratio. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of like self-deprecating comics always come up and be like, "Yeah, I know I look like blah 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 blah," mm-hmm. or "I know I look like this," or "I know when you see me, you thought about." You know what I'm saying? Like they already got start off. Mm-hmm. They set with usually, uh, "I know I look like," or mm-hmm. yeah. I, "I know I give the vibes of this," or whatever. Yeah. Sydney Stevens got the name of a porn star and the body of a pawn star. <laughs> that's how I start my set sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm like saying. It's like that's what I'm saying. It's just like that's what usually happens. And so it's just to kind of bring that in the capsule where not only they can do it, but they can actually show like I get an idea. So I got I got friends that they'll do it, they'll self deprecate, but it's also sometimes they self deprecate where it gets too heavy for the crowd. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The crowd like, okay. Three of them was cool. Now this five too many, bro. Yeah, like you got to take them out. You know, what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you chill out. And so that creates an atmosphere of where at least they can do that. Yeah, and like you know what I'm saying. Give them opportunity to do that. Yeah, I like that. There's a. I've been to a heckle mic before, to where it's like the did that, yeah, format. Did you did it. the banana phone banana in Austin. Phone, yep. Hold on, so I gotta hit the bathroom. What door is it? Sorry. Oh, uh, uh, straight out door on the right. Okay, thank yeah. you. It'll be yeah, quick. Yeah, thank yeah. You. yeah, yeah no, you're good. Just watch out with this door right and here. This cable. When you open this door, it'll hit that camera if you don't uh, hold on to it. Yeah, just navigate. Yeah. Um, the the heckle mic though was like really cool because it was um, it was four minutes and y- you were uninterrupted for a minute and then they'd ring a bell and then um, everyone in the audience can start heckling you. So it it helps you like kind of be quick on your feet if someone comes in sharp with something. You have to flip it back quickly or just be so good at the bit that you're doing that the heckles don't come in very much and you can just deliver your material but i feel like whatever that is it's like something that humbles you it opens you up to how people perceive you and then it helps you deal with that on stage where you're like well i know i do but you know yeah whatever that is i think it's a good skill (laughs) i know you are but what am i (laughs) exactly (laughs) i had fun doing that i I fucking murdered that banana phone shit it was so much fun i I roasted the panel too i got i think there was like two dudes and i was like you guys look like you beat Down Syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> and it just got a bit off. <laughs> <laughs> Down Syndrome. Correct. You'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I fucked that up. You look like you beat people with Down Syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> you look yeah, like patient zero for Down Syndrome. <laughs> oh, shit. You look like Down Syndrome mutated while you were alive. <laughs> like, you were the first to get it. You look like they found a cure for it. Yeah. <laughs> you look like you're missing more than one chromosome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah no. it's fun. I've I liked it. I yeah, that roast. I did that roast battle in Minneapolis. It was so much fun, and I had a lot of love for everyone I did it for and it and with. And I did. I got. I, I mean, I I want it, but like, dude, some people had some heaters on me. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, I another idea I'd had for a show concept. I think we've talked about this before. Was doing uh, like a five on five. Where it's like, oh yeah, uh, like let the audience like give the audience slips and have them write subjects like in a hat or whatever. And if you draw like put like ten comics on the show, and when you draw a topic out of the hat, if two comics have a joke like involving that topic, then they go 
five on five. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. That's that, cool. That would be fun. Audience suggestions <laughs> and riffing. Yeah. And yeah. Um, well I do have to rap because I, yeah, I got to yeah, yeah. go get my film gear. Yeah, I got to go to Zany's tonight. Thanks for doing this, Brad. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, this was oh, a lot of fun. Pleasure. You had a lot yeah. of cool insights, too. Oh, this was this was a really cool comedy-heavy episode. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if, you were, if you had fun watching this, which I know you did because we got the absolute legend on the show, p- go see Brad Sativa, Brunch of Laughs, February 17th at Zany's Nashville. I will be at Don't Tell Comedy at the Parthenon in Nashville, February 2nd. Anybody else? Got I also will be at that same Parthenon. Hell so, yes. Yeah. So see, bo- you can see both of us on yeah, February second, or go hit uh, Zany's February seventeenth for brunch, brunch of laughs oh, yeah. with special guest national touring headliners. Three yeah. of them. Yeah, right. and also that I like to also throw this out there: brunch, that brunch of laughs is at two o'clock, and it's Valentine's Day weekend. So Ooh. so come out, bring your side chick. Bring <laughs> your side, bring Introduce your, your side chick yeah, to your mate. Bring your dom. Bring your sub. <laughs> bring whoever you yeah, love. Bring whoever, yeah, bring whoever you love and want to celebrate that time with. We can have some fun. Hell and yeah. Bluetooth the sponsor, so you can you can gas you up a little bit too. Get you an asterisk. <laughs> Come on. Hell yeah! Thanks Hell for yeah. listening. Set your high score this Valentine's Day weekend, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the time this come out, use code uh, uh, Sativa on Bluetooth, and you'll get a month free. There you go. There you go. And shout out to our sponsors uh, of the podcast. We've got Dixon Flannel and uh, Puff Puff Glass. Let's go. Let's go. Dixon Flannel Company. Puff 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 Glass. Glass. See ya. All right. It's done. Oh, yeah. It was working on Puff Puff. This was really What in tarnation?